All right, Chavosai, good morning. Let us, let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER. To thank Yonah and Shoshi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in memory of their grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel, Aaron Zichron Levracha, Benjamin and Elise Wall of Eretz Yisrael for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of Moshe Chaim Ben Tzvi Hirsch. To thank, thank you. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Hillel and Lonnie Goldman, with appreciation and in honor of Dr. and Mrs. Jacob and Goldie Milner and the entire Kihila, Ari and Haley Lichtman, the Eloi Nishmas, Haley's mother, Rachalea Bas Ruvain Mayer. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors for this morning, Michael and Rachel Leibowitz, Le'iloi Nishmas Rus, Bas Harav Avi Ezri Avram, and Elisheva Engel in commemoration of the airsight of our father, Yehuda Ben Rabbi Saul Barachal Zichron Lebracha. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. And we'll see with that, let us begin. We have a really beautiful and fascinating daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Samich 60. We are picking up on Nuntesama base 59b at the two dots, three lines up from the bottom. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. We left off actually a little bit earlier than that. We left off, we left off, um... Amar Rava Mepirkin, right? So two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve lines up from the bottom. So we'll say, so Amar Rava Mepirkin Ravashi, So from where is this thing that, from where is this concept that the rabbi says, so this is Rava from Pirkin said to Ravashi, where is this concept that we know in Znus Lebehema? So we'll say, we saw pretty interesting Gemara yesterday, right? Some some interesting facts, episodes where the Gemara was talking about the idea that although bestiality is a capital offense, right? Punishable by death, halacha lemaisa, it's not called znus. Now, now, what does that mean on a practical level? You say to yourself, well, it's a capital offense, who cares what it's called? So remember, again, it matters because a zona is not permitted to go ahead and marry a coin. So, but if a woman, let's say, committed an act of bestiality, but Allah is not liable for death, for whatever the reason, there was no hasra, there was no, she was a shogig, whatever, whatever it might be, Allah doesn't render her a zona. So from where do we know that? So the Gemara says, So we'll say the Pasuk says, talking about the halachos of karbonos. We'll say, you're not an esnan zona, is an animal with which you would pay the zona for her services. So a person goes to a zona, pays her with a sheep, pays her with a sheep. Torah says, you can't bring that sheep as a carbon. That's an esnan zona. Mechir kelev would be an animal that you swapped or exchanged for a dog. Those are the types of animals the Gemara says that you're not allowed to go to bring as a carbon. Now, here's what's interesting. Utinan, we learned, esnan kelev o mechir zona. It will say, what about the opposite case? Esnan Kelev. Esnan Kelev would mean, let's look at, well, look at Rashi. Rashi says, Esnan Kelev, Shim Amar Adam Zona, Baili Let's say a man says to a Zona, take this sheep as payment, but what I want you to do is have relations with an animal. That's what he's, that's, it's good timing. Right? So, 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 so that, that, that's, that's ultimately, again, that, that's what he's telling her over here in this case. So I want you to have relations with an animal, and again, in, in payment for that, I'm going ahead and giving you, giving you this animal as payment. Or Rashi says, Mechir Zona, Shehechlef Zona Betala. He exchanges, let's see, as a maidservant who's a Zona, he exchanges her ultimately again for a sheep. Interesting enough, I will say, in these cases, 
the animal would not be prohibited for sacrificial service. So what do you see from here? What do you see from here? The Gemara says, There's only two cases that are prohibited, not four. Now both say, now interestingly enough, the fact that, the fact, the fact that a uh, case of what we call Eslan Kelev, that where a man pays a zona with a sheep to have relations with an animal, that sheep, She's not having relations with the sheep. I want to be clear. She's having relations with a separate animal. The sheep is payment for her act of bestiality. Interestingly enough, that sheep that she receives as payment for an act of bestiality is permitted to be used as a carbon. Interesting. We'll say, what does that show you? That shows you that ultimately, again, an act of bestiality, although it is usr, obviously usr, punishable by death, is not considered in halacha to be an act of znos. Fascinating. So we'll say that brings to a conclusion that so we'll say now we have a brisa that the Gemara is going to go ahead and quote here, and this is going to serve as the basis for much of the discussion in the coming daf, or I should say part of Amadalaf at least. So the Gemara says, Anusas Atzmo Omufutas Atzmo. It's a very interesting case. What happens if the coin gadol violates a woman, or the coin gadol goes ahead and seduces a woman? So we'll say here's the interesting Shaila. Kohen Gadol has to marry a basula, has to marry a woman who's a basula. What happens if the woman in question is not a basula, but she's not a basula because of what the Kohen Gadol did to her? Right? Either the Kohen Gadol himself violated her or seduced her. Is he permitted to go ahead and marry this woman? I will say, now just understand, the reason why this is a fascinating question is because what is the penalty if a man violates or seduces a woman? What's that lacha? Torah says he's supposed to marry her. He's supposed to marry her. Right? So the Shaila just is, Kohen Gadol did this. So now the biblical obligation to go out and marry this woman. But again, is she considered a besula or a baula? So the Gemara Sanus has atzmo mufutas atzmo. Lo yisa, Kohen Gadol should not marry her. Ve'im nasa, but if he did marry her, nasoi, the marriage works. Okay, we'll define what that means. Anus has chaver mufutas chavero. What happens if there's another woman, right? A woman who was violated. I will say, so let's say again, Reuben is the Kohen Gadol. There's another woman who was violated or seduced by Shimon. Lo Yisa. In that case, Reuben the Kohen Gadol should not marry this woman. If he did marry her, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer Havlad Chalal. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says the offspring is a Chalal. The Chachamim say, ultimately Havlad Kasher. Okay, so we'll say, so let's analyze these cases. So remember again, let's, let's take this apart. So first case was, Kohen Gadol goes ahead and seduces a woman. We'll use that case. Remember, under normal circumstances, the man who seduces the woman is supposed to marry her. So the, so the Braissa said, if he, if he seduced her and he married her, so ultimately, again, Nasoy, the marriage works. The marriage works. Amrav Huna, Amrav, Umotsi Beget. Now here's what's interesting. It works. In other words, the marriage is a quote-unquote valid marriage, but he is obligated to divorce her. Now I will say, why is he obligated to divorce her? Because she's not a basula. She's not the basula. I, she's not the basula because of what the Kohen Gadol himself did to her. The truth is, I will say, to a certain degree, that's not what we look at. What we look at is at the time of marriage, is this woman a basula or not? If she is, then ultimately she can marry a Kohen Gadol. If she's not, if she's not, then halacha lemaisa, they can't get married, or they can't remain married, I should say. So they will say, here's what's very interesting. Kohen Gadol violates or seduces a woman, then marries her. Does the marriage work? Does the marriage work? Yes, they will say, now that has nothing to do with 
with, with seduction or, or violation. What that has to do with, we paskin kiddushay tovsin bechayve labin, right? That ultimately, again, kiddushin works, kiddushin works when, even if the marriage is prohibited by a love, not only that, but by besula, by besula, the obligation of a koinodal to marry a besula is not even a love. What is it? It's an assay. So therefore the Gemara says, the marriage works, becomes long rabbi and says, yeah, but you have to divorce her. You have to divorce her. But that which we learned that Lamai if he married her, they're married. The of the Brisa was, Lo Yisa, if a coin god violated or seduced a woman, he shouldn't marry her. But if you married her, you're married. And I both say, that Lashon of Imnasa Nasui sounds like what? You shouldn't marry her. But if you married her, then what? Then what? Right? What does it mean that you're married? What does it mean that you're married? Presumably that means what? That you stay married. That you stay married. And yet Rav is coming along and introducing, you have to give her a yet. Oh. This is very interesting. I will say what it comes to teach you is as follows. You would not pay the penalty in the case of seduction. Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Tap Rashi, Samech Amad Aleph. Shemifutahi, ahanulim yisuun lemifterei miknasa. Shemifateh, ein mishalim knas, elekishen konsa. See, I will say, here's an interesting, the interesting idea over here is as follows. When a man goes ahead and seduces a woman, if he does not marry her, there is a penalty payment that he has to pay. There's a knas that he has to pay. So the Gemara says, when, when the Brisa says over here that if a coin gadol seduces a woman, that if he married her, he's married, it means the marriage works to exempt him from the knas payment. But can he remain married to her? Can he remain married to her? And the answer to that is... No. That's why Rav comes along and says you have to give her a get because Lamaisa, this woman was not a besula at the time of the marriage and therefore halacha Lamaisa, the coin gadol cannot remain married to her. Incredible. So also Rav Gavia Mebeik Sil, Amr Lashmaita Kamed Rav Ashi. So Rav Gavia from Beik Sil said over this ruling in front of Rav Ashi, the Gimara says, Amr Lai, Baha Rav of Rav Yochran, the Amrit Harvayhu, Bogeres Umukas Eitzlo Yisa. Yitrabosa, we learned as follows. Rabbi and Rabbi Yochan both said, a bogeres, which is again, a girl over the age of 12 years old and six months, mukas eights, is a woman whose besulim were damaged, but not through intercourse, right? Through some other event. Lo yisa, a coin gadol should not marry either of these women. Why not? Why not? Because halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, we saw this yesterday's daf, because their besula status is not complete. They nasa nasui, but Allah if he married them, ultimately the marriage is fine. So I will say, now again, in that case, no one's calling for a get, right? In that case, we say, although ideally we don't want a coin gadol marrying a mukas eights or a bogeres, if he did marry one of these women, the marriage is 100% valid and it works and it's sustainable. You don't have to give her a get. So I will say, so why is that any different than this case over here? Alma, sofalios bogeres taktov, sofalios mukas eights taktov. The reason we allow those cases is because right, the status that she has now is the same status that she's going to achieve, so to speak, under marriage. In other words, if she's a Bulgaris, 
So ultimately, again, even had he married her as a Nara, she's going to become Bulgaris. If she's a Mukas Eitz, anyway, as a result of relations, the Basulim are going to become ruptured. So why don't we say the same thing over here? Kohi Gadol seduced the woman, so now ultimately she's not, she's a Ba'ula. She would have become a Ba'ula anyway had they been married. And again, she was a Ba'ula because of the Kohen Gadol, to which the Umar says, Kasha. That is a valid point. I will say, how do we paskin in this case? It's actually very interesting. The Rambam paskin like Rav. So we'll say, so, if a Kohen Gadol seduces or goes ahead and violates a woman, so if he marries, ideally he's not marrying her. He shouldn't marry her. If he does marry her, the marriage works. However, again, he would be obligated to give her a get. And the logic behind that, again, is because she is not a besula at the time of the marriage. And I will say the chiddush of that is that even though she's not a besula because of what the Kohen Gadol did to her, Lemaisa, again, it's almost as if we divorce her status versus the way she achieved that status, or the way that status occurred. That's the, that's the halacha lemaisa. Okay, interesting case. Let's go back to Remember again, second case of the Braisa was, what happens if we'll call the same woman, Rachel. Rachel was violated or seduced by Shimon, unrelated to Ruvain Kohen Gadol. Right, so remember again, so the Braisa said, in terms of Ruvain the Kohen Gadol marrying, a woman seduced or or violated by his friend, right, by Shimon, Lo Yisa, he should not marry her. Now I will say, in this case, it's clear he cannot marry her, right? This is this is not a chiddush, right? Why can't he marry this woman? Why can't he marry this woman? She's not a basula. Now I will say, remember again, the only reason why the first stage was a bit more novel was because the reason she's not a basula is because of what the coin Gadol did to her, right? It was the coin Gadol. This case is Pashat, right? This case is Pashat. Here, Rachel was violated or seduced by Shimon. So by the time the Shidduch is read to Reuven the coin Gadol, wonderful lady, the problem just is it's a biblical criteria that a coin Gadol has to marry a Basula. This woman is not a Basula. So here, the question is not whether or not he can marry her. What's the question? If he does marry her, and they have children, what's the impact of her status? Or she say, right, what's the impact of her status on children? Or what impact does her status of a ba'ula have upon the kids? That's the fundamental shayla. So I will say, so this is a machlokas. This is a machlokas. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer Havlad Chalal. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, the offspring is a chalal. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, remember again, when, when does chalalus occur? Chalolos occurred pretty much any time that what? A coin, by the not just a coin goggle, a coin marries someone he's not allowed to marry, right? A coin marries a grusha, an amana, a chalutza, right? In all of these cases, the marriage works, because again, we pass in Kiddushin Tovsin, Labin, but Lamaisa, the marriage is Aser, ultimately will produce chalolim. So Rabbi Yaakov says, listen, you don't marry a besula. The result of not marrying someone you're supposed to marry for a coin is what? Chalal. The chum, the chum say no, have lad kasher. The chum say no, the offspring is totally fine. So we'll say, let's analyze. Am Rafuna, Am Rav, Halacha, Kerbalazar ben Yaakov. Rafuna said the name of Rav, Dalacha, Kerbalazar ben Yaakov. Namely, that if a coin gadol marries a woman who is not a basula because she was violated or seduced by another man, ultimately, again, the halacha is the offspring is a chalal. And I will say, I want to point out, What's really important over here is not 
that she is not how she became a Baula, right? But it's the fact that she is a Baula, right? She's not Koinova marries a woman who's not a Basula because she had relations with another man. The nature of those relations, as long as it's not a Zona case, is not really material for us right now. What the Gemara is saying over here is like this Rav is saying that Allah Khafaz Yaakov, namely that Halacha Lamaisa, if a coin Godal marries a Ba'ula and has children, ultimately those children are halalim. Svechinu Arav Gidl Amarav Halakha Razav Yaakov. Ikida Amir, another alternate version of this. Amarav Huna Amarav, my time and Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. So we'll say, well, let's take a step back. In this alternate version, before we pass in what the halacha is, what is Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov's logic? What's his logic? So the Gemara says, Savarla, Karabi Alazar, because he holds like Rabbi Lazar. Now what does Rabbi Lazar say? Look at Rashi on the right side. Oh, right across the Gemara, about maybe like six, seven lines up. So the Rebbe Lazar, Wow, wow, listen to this. Remember again, we'll say two days ago, we spoke about again, maybe three days ago now, how does a woman become a Zona? The Rebbe say, we're going to see, it's actually tomorrow's daf, we're going to see, we're going to see that there's a fundamental machlokas about how a woman becomes a Zona. Now, interestingly enough, Rebbe Lazar holds, any case of two people who have relations, not for the sake of affecting marriage, that act of relations renders a woman a zona. And I will say, that's a new shita, because up until now, what we have seen is like, remember, I, I spoiled it a little bit because I gave you the Rambam, right? The Rambam paskins that the definition of a zona is a woman who has relations with a man with whom she cannot affect kiddushin. She cannot affect kiddushin. Rabbi Lazar holds that's not the case. So I will say, so I'll just illustrate this. Quran Rabbi Lazar, single Jewish man, single Jewish woman, engage in a consensual act of relations. So Quran Rabbi Lazar, she's now a Zona. She's now a Zona, which means she, she cannot marry a Quran. So therefore I will say, listen to this. So the Gemara is suggesting over here that Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov in the Brisa, holds like Rabbi Lazar. And therefore, again, when the Kohen, when Ruvain the Kohen Gadol marries a woman who has, who has been seduced by Shimon, another Yisrael, she's a Zona. She's a Zona. Because she's a Zona, therefore, when the Kohen Gadol goes ahead and marries her, therefore, what? Halacha Lamaisa, the offspring are Chalolim. Incredible. Umi Kavase does... Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Holik Rabbi Lazar, Vahakhaimalon, Mishnas, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Kavanaki, Yet Rabbi Lazar, we said elsewhere that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov has, his, his teachings are Kavanaki, which means they're few in number but pure. In other words, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov doesn't often comment, but whenever he does, the halacha follows him. Yet I will say, in this case over here, they said the halacha does not follow Rabbi Elazar, to which the Gemara says, Kasha. Okay, that's a good question. Rabashi Amar, so I will say, so what's the machlokis? So then we're back to this drawing board. So we're trying to figure out, again, very specific case. Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol marries Rachel. Rachel has been seduced or violated by Shimon, another regular guy, right? So we'll say, not, so now, Kohen Gadol marries her, Mutter Aser. Mutter Aser. Mutter Aser. 
Aser, right? Unequivocally Aser, right? She's not a Basula. He's not allowed to marry her. Now they have children. What's the status of the children? So Rabbi says, we have a Machlokas. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, ultimately the offspring is a Chalom. Chachamim say the offspring is Kasher. We're trying to figure out what, what's the nature of the Machlokas. So let's listen to this. So Ravashi Amar Amar Biyishchal Mechavi Asekha Miflegi. Wow. What's the Machlokas? Remember this because that's what I mentioned before which is the obligation to marry a besula, for a kongadol to marry a besula, is an assay, a positive commandment. He has to marry a besula. That is an assay. So I both say, that's very different than, let's say, the other marital prohibitions of a coin or kongadol, which are generally a love, which are a prohibition. This is an assay, a positive commandment. So I say, what's the machlokas? Does violation of a positive commandment create chalolim? That's the shayla. Does violation of a positive commandment create chalolim? Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, yes, yes. You create the chalol if you, vi- if you go ahead and marry a woman, where even though you're only violating an assay, but Rabban on the other hand, hold ein chalom mechay ve'asei. Rabban hold that Allah chalom ayesa. No, there is no chalolos that is created from mechay ve'asei, only from prohibitions, only from a love. My term, the Rabban Yaakov, what's the Rabban Yaakov's logic? Here we go. D'chsev, amano ugrusha ve'chalolo zona es'ele lo yikach ki imbesula. So I'll say, now watch this. The Pasuk says, amano, widow, grusha, divorcee, chalolo. Right, which is the product of a forbidden union between a coin and another woman. Zona, and both say, of course, the definition of zona is subject to dispute. Okay, these women, the coin god, the coin should not marry. Coin god should not marry. Ki in besula. Now both say the the pasuk is worded very interestingly. Right, don't marry these women. Who should you marry? Ki im besula. Should marry ultimately again a besula. Uksiv, and the Pasik says, Lo zaro ba'amov. Pasik says, Don't marry these women, right? Because if you do, then what? Ki lo Don't marry them. In this way, you will not make your offspring chalolim. The Rabbi said, Now watch this. Akulhu. Wow. Rabbi Lazma Yaakov says, That phrase, Lo zaro ba'amov goes on all of the obligations and prohibitions before it. So what does that teach me? It teaches me, if I marry, if a coin god marries, an amona, a grusha, chalala, zona, it produces chalalas. But I will say, who else is included in that? Ki, ki, ela, I'm sorry, ki in besula. Ki in besula. Also you have to marry besula. After the obligation to marry besula, the Torah says, v'lo yechalal zaro. What do you see from there? That if you don't marry a besula, you make your offspring chalolim. The fact that that phrase, lo yichalal zaro, comes after the entire section that includes the obligation to marry a besula teaches me that if the Kohen Gadol does not marry a besula, his offspring are chalolim. Incredible. The Rabbanon will say, eile hifsik ha'inyan. The Rabbanon will say, no, no, no. In that pasuk, amona grusha vechalala zona, es eile lo yikach. That brings to a conclusion the, the section, right? And therefore, also when the Pasik says that you'll make your offspring into halalim, that goes on that first part. And then the obligation to marry a besula is a separate independent section. I, Rabbi Elazar Yaakov Amar, Eila, 
What does Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov say? What do you do with Eile? This is very interesting. This comes to exclude the case of Nida. I will say, what's the case of Nida? Take a look at Rashi. Very interesting. If a Koinadul has relations with his wife while she is in Nida, the offspring is not a Chala, which is very interesting. As much as, of course, you see, here's the Havamina. You might have thought that any time a Koinadul has relations with someone who is prohibited to him, Perhaps ultimately the resulting offspring are chalalim, kamash malon no. Kamash malon, it's only women spelled out in the Pasuk. But if a coin Gadol goes ahead and has relations with his wife when she is in Ida, albeit that's a very serious infraction in Isser, but lamaisa, lamaisa, that does not create chalalus. To which the Gemara says, kiman azla hadisanya. So we'll say, so here's what's interesting. So right now the Gemara is suggesting that the Machlokis, Rabbi ben Yaakov, and the Rabbanon, is how to darshan the Pasik. When the Pasik says, is that looked at as one section, and therefore the Pasik that says, don't make your offspring into Chalalim, goes on all of those pieces. That's what Allah bin Yaakov, and therefore, even if he doesn't marry a Basula, if he marries a Baula, the offspring are Chalalim. Versus the Rabbanan that say, no, it's two sections. Section one, and that's what the Pasak of Khalal is going on. Then there's a separate obligation to marry, to marry a Basula, but failure to marry a Basula does not does not create Khalalus. That's the fundamental machlokas. So the Yumar says, Kiman Azlahadisanya, whose opinion is reflected in the following Braisa, Me'ila Ata Osechalal, Viata Osechalal, the Iata Osechalal Minida, from any of these prohibited marriages. The resulting offspring is a chalal, but if a kohen gadol has relations with his wife who's a nida, the offspring is not a chalal. Kiman, Kirabalazar ben Yaakov, that's like Kirabalazar ben Yaakov, okay. Kirabalazar ben Yaakov, nichtevei le'ela lebasov. Oh, we'll say, watch this. Kirabalazar ben Yaakov, why don't you put the phrase es'ela at the end of the section? In other words, we'll say, according to Kirabalazar ben Yaakov, the Pasuk she read as follows. Amona, grusha, chalala, zona. Ki im besula es ele lo yikach. In other words, or phrase it a little bit differently, but put the phrase ele or lo es, lo es ele, uh, sorry, either ele, put the phrase ele yikach at the end of the section, thereby grouping amana, grusha, chalala, zona, and besula all together. To which the Gemara says, Kasha. It's a good question. Okay, so we'll say, that's the thing where I leave it off. So we'll say, what I will point out to you is as follows. Halach al-Maisa, well, we, well, we're not up to Halach al-Maisa just yet. But we'll say, but what we begin to see is a fundamental machlokas between Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, between Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov and the Chachamim. If a coin god marries a woman who is not a besula and they end up having children, is the child a halal or not? Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, yes, Rabbanon, no. And so for Rabbi Lazar, it is all about how you choose to darshan the psukim. Incredible. Tan Rabbanon, Achosa Arusa. So I said, the Gemara switching gears here for just a moment. Achosa Arusa. Let's listen to this case. Kohen, a Kohen is permitted to become Tame for the seven close relatives mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter, wife. Rabbosai, when it comes to sister, the Torah says, Who are you permitted to become Tame for? For your sister who's a Basula. Basula. Right, Salah, I mean, an unmarried sister, an unmarried sister. That's the idea. Once the sister is married, 
Kohen does not have the license to become Tamei for her. So says the Gemara, what about Achoso Arusa? What happens if Halacha Lamaisa, Kohen has a sister, the sister is betrothed, right? She's, she's an Erosin. So the Lord says, here's what's interesting. Look at Rashi just a moment. Achoso Arusa, Shal Kohen Hedyot, Avan Nesua Pshita Vandein Metamedichsev Ula Achoso Habesula. So we'll say, interesting Shaila. The Torah, when it talks about the license for a coin to become tummy to his sister, uses the lashon of achoso habesula. His sister is a besula. So I know, if, right, if I'm a coin, once my sister is married, so I can't become tummy for her anymore. But let's say there was just Arison. There was, just There was Arison, right? There was Arison. So is there license to now become tummy, still become tummy for a sister who's an Arison? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Omrim, Metamela. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, say yes. Since she's still a basula, well, we'll see why. But Lamaisa, you're still permitted to become Tamei for Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Omrim, Emet Hamila. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, say, Halacha Lamaisa, no, once there's Erison, you can no longer become Tamei for So let's analyze. Anusa, Mufuta, Devra, Kol, Emet Hamila, Umukas, Eitz, Emet Hamila. So let's listen to this. If the sister is Anusa, Mufuta, or let's say she was violated or she was seduced. So therefore, again, she's clearly not a basula. Everyone agrees that the coin can no longer become Tamei to her because she's not a Basula. Mukas eats in Metami. Mukas eats in Metami. The Rabbi Shimon. And I will say if she's a Mukas eats, Rabbi Shimon says, oh, so he can't become Tamei to her. Why? Sure, Rabbi Shimon Omer, because Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon's, Rabbi Shimon's litmus, lit, litmus test was like this. Ruila coin gadol metamila. Shein ruila coin gadol metamila. Rabbi Shimon says, how do you know, Cohen? How do you know if you, if you could become Tamei for your sister? It's very simple. If she would be permitted to marry a coin gadol, you can become you can become tummy for. If she would not be permitted to marry a coin gadol, you can't become tummy ter. As we both say, if she satisfies the criteria of besula for coin gadol, then she satisfies the criteria of besula for becoming tummy. And if not, not. To which the Gemara says, Right? I'm sorry. So I'll say ultimately again, and when it comes to Bulgaris, when it comes to Bulgaris, um, ultimately again, everyone agrees that halacha you could still become tummy for her. Okay, so let's analyze. My time, my time, Rabbi Huda. So I'll say, Rabbi Huda say that halacha sister of a Kohen, once she becomes an Arusa, you could still become tummy for her. What's their logic? The Darit Shachi, the Darshan as follows. Ula Acho so habesula. The Pasuk says, and for his sister who is a besula, prat la anusa mufuta, that comes to exclude a sister who was violated or was seduced because she's no longer a besula. Yocho shani motziach mukaseits. You might have thought that it would also include a sister who's a mukaseits. Tamud lomar asher lo haisaliish. We'll say the Pasik says she has never been with a man. It means a woman who is not a basula because of intercourse. And we'll say that excludes the case of Mukasait, because although again the basulim are not there, she has never been with a man. So therefore we'll say according to this approach, so again, just on the So what we have is as follows. If the sister of the coin is a mukasait, I'm sorry, is a nusilmafuta seduced or violated. Kohen can become Tamefer. Mukas Eitz can become Tamefer. Hakrova Elav, excuse me, Hakrova, the one who is close to him, Lerabo Sa'arusa, that ultimately comes to include an Arusa. What I was about to say, what's interesting is as follows. 
See, when there's irosin, a woman is often still living in her parents' home. So in essence, she is still, quote-unquote, close to her brother. Sakrove love comes to include an arusa. A love, le rabos habogeres. A love comes to include if the sister is a bogeres. So the which the Gemara says, ha lama likra. Why does a bogeres even need a pasik? From Rabbi Meir, besula filo miktas besula mashma. Rabbi Meir himself says the word besula means as long as some element of the besulam is intact, that is fine. So it's just how that time, you know, it's necessary. I would have thought, Nalif, Pesula, Pesula, Mehasam. I might have thought that Allah, Allah, You shall learn out. You shall learn out. The case of Pesula, Pesula, from Na'ara HaMeurasa. Ma'la halo Na'ara, Afkan Nami Na'ara. Kamash Malo, no, that even a Bulgaris is still called the Pesula. So we'll say, so this is the position of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda the entire exposition over here. But for our purposes, what they teach us is that a sister who has Arison, sister of a coin goddle, who has had Arison, is still called Krova, is still called close to her brother, and therefore the coin is permitted to become Tameh for her. Rabbi Yosef Bishim and my Tamayo, we both say Rabbi Yosef Bishim will hold that once there's Arison, a coin cannot become Tameh for his sister. What's their logic? Darshihach, it was a first wide line, bottom of Samech Ahmed Aleph. They darshan as follows. Ula achosoha basula. The Pasuk says, for sisters of basula, pratla anusa umafuta mukas eitz. Wow. So I said, listen to this. So they darshan that basula excludes all of these cases. Anusa, mafuta, violated, seduced. Mukas eitz. Right? So the basula not there, but not through intercourse. Asherlo haisaliish pratla arusa who has not been to a man, who has not been with a man, that comes to exclude Narusa. So they both say, their understanding over here, Asher lo doesn't have to mean relations. Asher lo means she's not in marriage. But Allah and Arusa is already committed to a marriage, and therefore Allah the coin cannot become tummy to her. Or for her, I should say. Hakroba, the rabos Arusa, Shenis Garsha. But Hakroba means if there was Arusin, but then the sister got divorced, the coin could once again become Tami for his sister. A love to him, the rabos as habogeras, that comes to include a bogeras, that a coin can become Tami for his sister as a bogeras. Hakrova, close, the rabos arusa, so sorry, so both say, so that, therefore again, that, that's their shita. So therefore both say, this is our fundamental machlokas, right? Mayor and Rabbi Huda on one side, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon on the other side, a coin has a sister who has had a resin, who has had Erosin, can he still become Tamir? I both say, just to be clear, what does everyone agree with? Everyone agrees on, or say on, that Allah so once there's Nisuin, Cohen cannot become Tamir to his sister, for his sister. Why not? Because the Torah gives the license for Tumah for one sister as Achoso Habesula. Once she's, there's Nisuin, she's no longer, no longer Achoso Habesula. The Shail is an Erosin, can he become Tamefer? I both say, Rabbi and Rabbi Huda saying yes, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Shimon saying no, and now we've seen the Drashas. Last line, Samech Amud Aleph. The Brahsa said, Akrova, the Rabbos Arusa Shinis Garsha. The Pasik says, Krova comes to include my sister, of Gratif Amakoin, my sister who's a Grusha, Amud Beis. Vaha Amr Rabbi Shimon, Ru'uya the coin Godl Matamila, Shane Ru'uya the coin Godl Ematamila. I Rabbi Shimon said that Allah Chalamaisa, the way to gauge Basula is like this. If a woman is fit for a coin Godl, then ultimately, again, that's the type of sister. 
that you could become Tamei for. But Lamaisa, if she's not fit for a coin Gadol, then Allah Lamaisa, you can't become Tamei for. And Abosa, here's what's interesting. A Grusha, a Grusha, even if she is divorced from Erisin, is she permitted to marry a Kohen Gadol? Or is she permitted to marry a Kohen? And the answer is no. Why not? She's a Grusha. So, so again, based on what Rabbi Shimon said before, again, the, way, the simple litmus test is, if you're a Kohen, how do you know if you can go to your sister's Levaya? It's very simple. If your sister would have been fit to marry a Kohen Gadol, you can go. If she's not fit, you can't go. That's the Besula litmus test. And if she's divorced from Erisin, you can't, she, right, she's not fit to marry a Kohen Gadol. So what's going on over here? Shani Hasam Durabi Rachmana Krova. It's different. We'll say, what's different? Because the Pasik has an extra word, Krova. So I'll say, Krova, Krova means that she, in, that she is close to her brother. And I will say, so the way the Gemara is interpreting close to her brother, we'll say, is not, is not actually like, are they close? Right? Do they get along? Krova is interpreted as she's not married. She's not married. Because we'll say, when she's married, she's close to her husband. When she's not married, when she's not married, halacha ultimately she's quote unquote close to her family, close to her brother. Ihachi, mukas eats nami. If that's the case, why not include mukas eats as well? To which the Gemara says, which the Gemara says, Rabbi Krova Achas for No, 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 because it only, the Pasak only comes to include one case and not two. Umarois. So I say, how do you know that it comes to include the case, ultimately, again, of a, a, a sister who's divorced from Erisin and not Mukas Eitz? To which the answer is very simple. Ha is avid b'maisa, ha lo is avid b'maisa. The boss says a fundamental difference. Mukas Eitz, there's been a physiological change. Right? Ultimately, again, divorced from Erisin, there has not been a physiological change. Okay? Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi will say, sorry, Rabbi Yossi, the fact that now Rabbi Yossi is going out on his own, not like Rabbi Shimon. How do we know? So, excuse me, indicates to us that he holds like Rabbi Meir in the case of Mukas Eitz. So where do we know that from? He learns that from the phrase, I have a but we're already using that phrase for a different drasha. To which the Gemara says, Chad milo haisa, v'chad milo ish. One of us say, one drush has learned that from lo haisa, and one has learned that from ish, or le ish. A love, the rabos habogeres, we passed him before that the word a love comes to teach me bogeres, that Allah lamaisa, the coin could attend the levayo of his sisters of bogeres, v'amar Shimon, besula, besula shlema mashma, beat Rab Shimon said, besula teaches me a complete besula. But as we saw in yesterday's daf, the, what happens with the Bogeres is that as a woman matures, so ultimately the Basulim thin out, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Basulim Shlema Mashma, Taima Didei Nami Hasam Mehacha Vidaresh Hachi. He says, Dashin's as follows. Mideilav the Rabos Habogeres, since Elav comes to include the case of Bogeres, that Allah Chalamaisa coin could attend the Levaya of his sisters of Bogeres. So we infer from that that besula means a complete besula, i.e. to exclude the case of Bogaris. So Bosei, that, that, that brings to a conclusion that particular sugya. Bosei, interestingly enough, the Rambam Paskins like Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon. 
namely that halacha lamaisa, the Kohen is permitted to attend the Levaya of his single sister, right, his single sister, even if, right, if she's a Bogares, if she's a Bogares, not a problem. Even divorced from Erisin, not a problem. But if she is married in Erisin, then halacha lamaisa, the Kohen is not permitted to attend her, the Sadr Paskins, Kohen is not permitted to attend her Levaya, Ultimately, again, because she is considered attached, she's, she's married. She's married, and she does not satisfy the criteria of la habesula hakrovelov. So the Raman Paskin is like Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon. Very interesting. Very interesting aloha. Good. There, there's more to talk about than that, but Lamaisa, we don't. We'll, we'll go weiter a little bit. So we'll say, let's go. Tanya, we'll say this is a fascinating sugya. Rabbi Shimon and Yochai, Rabbi Shimon and Yochai says all these are fascinating sugyas. Giores. Wow. Well, say, let's say a girl converts at the age of less than three years old in one day. She is permitted to marry a Kohen. She's permitted to marry a Kohen. Now we're going to see, we're going to see, um, okay, let's look, um, fine. Let's go back to a bit. So a girl, we'll say, so remember again, what we've established is in general, a coin is not permitted to marry Gioras, right? Because we've established that. There's an interesting question as to why. Why can't a coin marry a convert? So there are two possibilities, I will say. Possibility one is, as we said before, that a coin has to marry Kal Hashem, right? And ultimately, again, Kal Gerim are just not called Kal Hashem, right? They're called Kal Gerim. They're Jewish fully, a diff, just a different pool, a different pool. Other possibility, I will say, is, a gioras is presupposed to be a zona. Uh, meaning what, Rabbi Osai? That we assume that a woman, if she wasn't Jewish, had relations, right? And therefore, again, because of that, Rabbi we saw before, that any time a woman has relations with someone with whom she cannot affect kiddushin, that puts her into the category of a zona. And therefore, again, a Kohen cannot marry a gioras because there is a presupposed status of zona. Okay, we'll see how these two things play out. Rabbi Shema Yochai therefore says, if a girl converts b- below the age of three years old in one day, I will say we saw three days ago, what's unique about three years old in one day? That that is the age in which the Bia is a recognizable Bia. Below the age of three years old in one day, it's not Bia. So therefore, said Rabbi Shema Yochai says like this, if a girl converts before the age where Bia is possible, Therefore, again, she is permitted to go ahead and marry a Kohen. She will say the positive is by Midian. By Midian, the Jews are obligated to go to war with Midian and wipe out everyone. But yet the Pasik says all of the Taf Binashim, the young girls who were who Asher Loyodu Mishkav Zachar, who have not been with a man, you could take for you. They will say what that sounds like is you could even marry. They both say Pinchas was with them, and Pinchas was a Kohen. So yet Pinchas is included in this. So you see from here that Allah says that ultimately, again, below the age of three years old in one day, how you see three years old in one day, we'll get to in just a moment, it's permitted to marry a Kohen. To which Vrabana, Vrabana say, no, 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 it's not for marriage purposes. Cheshbaruch was saying that Allah said they're permitted to go ahead and take the, take the young girls or young women as servants. 
If that's the case, why, why is it only below the age of three years old in one day? Remember again, why the Jews going out to war against Midian? Remember again, this was in the aftermath of the failed attempt of Bilam to go ahead and curse the Jewish people. Bilam says to Balak, I can't curse them, but here's what you do. The Jews are susceptible to immorality. So remember again, the Midianite women lured the Jewish men into an entire entanglement of, of immorality. So say this sparked the war against Midian, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, wipe out everyone. Any woman who has been, it sounds like any, any woman who has been with a man, kill. If she has not been with a man, ultimately you keep her alive. Michlal da'atav, both of what that sounds like, it's only by women, but by children, ben yadu, ben lo yadu, kaimu. The children, either way, are permitted to be sustained. Yuxiv, v'chalatav, ben ashimashar lo yadu, mishkav zachra, hachayu lachem. Yet the Pazik says, any young girls who had not been with a man, you're permitted to keep alive. Hayadi harugu. It sounds like if they were with a man, you'd have to kill them, to wipe them out. To which the Gemara says, havi omer, Torah's talking about Rabosai not as much of whether or not a woman was with a man, one of the Midianite women, but rather again, the age at which, at which the Bia is recognizable. When the Pasik says, the Hashbar who says to Moshe Rabbeinu, tell the Jewish soldiers that wipe out the nation, wipe out the people of Midian. And any woman, Yodas Ish, who knew a man, that's not referring to an actual to actual relations, rather Bira the Boil Hakasov Medaber, the age in which Bia becomes possible, at least from the perspective of the Gemara, Bia becomes possible at the age of three years old in one day. You say it's only fit for Bia, or maybe it actually means they had Bia. So interestingly enough, when it came to the war with Mignon, the obligation was to wipe out women from the age, or the nation, the men and the women from the age in which they were fit for Bia and up. Not necessarily if they had Bia, didn't have Bia from the age of Bia and up. To which the Gemara says, Menayadi. So ultimately, again, how would they know? To which the verse, Amrav Funa Barbezna, Amrav Shimon Chasida, Havirum Lifnei Hatzitz. So I'll say, this is interesting. The Gemara seems to indicate how would they know if a woman was Reuya Labia, not Reuya Labia? They would bring each of the Midianite women before the Tzitz. Now I'll say, now remember again, the Tzitz, the Tzitz is the head plate of the Kohen Gadol, right? That says Kodesh Lahashem on it. Kodesh Lahashem. They're bringing before the Tzitz. If the expression of the woman, right, became darkened, right, darkened, her complexion darkened, ultimately, I will say that showed that she was the age where Bia was possible. But if her expression did not become darker, then ultimately, again, she was not fit for Bia. So I will say this is how they determined, right, who, right which woman was fit for Bia, not fit for Bia. Amrav Nachman, Rebbe will say, this is actually incredible. First wide line, Samech Amun Beis, Simon Laver, Rebbe will say, 
I just want to point out, you know, sometimes you read these Gemaras, and the truth is, it's hard for us, we should be honest, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this, right? It's a variety of these things. It's hard to wrap around the notion of Bia, three, day, three years old, what does that mean? Ruyula Bia, what, what, what does that mean? And even this war against Midian. And I will say, sometimes it's hard for us to like think about these things and to recognize Khalid Baruch who's telling us to wipe out everyone, to wipe out everyone, including children, including children, right from three years old and one day and up. So I will say, it's, it, it is, and it's important for us to grapple with these things, but it's also important for us to recognize that the definition of morality is not what we define as moral and immoral. For the Jew, the definition of morality is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us to do and not to do. If he tells us to do it, then by definition it's moral. If he tells us not to do it, then by definition it's immoral. And this is one of the hardest things. One of the, you see what's like, people think, you know, the, the hard part about being a Jew is not the mitzvahs, is not the mitzvahs, right? The mitzvahs are, are relatively straightforward and for the most part don't require all that much mesiras nefesh. Sometimes they do, but not. This is the hard part of Yiddishkeit recognizing that I have to bend my knee before a divine system of morality, even though, again, when I look at this, to me, this looks wild. This looks off the charts. This looks crazy. But Lamais if HaKadosh Baruch Hu says it, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands it, that means for me as a Yid, for me as a Jew, I bend my knee before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and I say to my God, if you say do it, and you say mutter, and you say mitzvah, then by definition, I have to accept that this is what is true MS, then this is what is true morality. An incredible, an incredible yisod. They both say, listen to what the Gemara says. So how do they determine, ultimately, again, who was Roy Labia, who wasn't Roy Labia? They're bringing before the tzitz. They both say, what's interesting is as follows. What would happen if a woman was Roy Labia, her expression would turn darker, right, paler, right? If ultimately, again, not Roy Labia, wouldn't turn pale. Amr Nachman Nachman says, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? Simen la'avira hidarkon. Now, we'll say, you see from here that the simon for an Avera is Hidarkon. Now, we'll say, Hidarkon, Rashi says, Peneim shal ovri Avera morikin. So, we'll say, Hidarkon is some type of condition. But what Hidarkon does is it turns your, it makes your complexion turn pale. It almost like seeps the vitality out of you. Now, we'll say, do you know what the incredible, this is what Chazal is teaching us. Do you know what the most incredible aspect of Chait is? The most dramatic part of hate is that hate, when I engage in sinful behavior, it saps me of my vitality. See, a person has a limited amount of kalach in this world. There's a limited amount of energy. And Lamaisa, when I choose to use that energy for hate, I go ahead and it saps me by my vitality. That vitality that could have been used to accomplish something great, that could have been used to accomplish something dramatic, is now used in a negative fashion. As the Gemara says, Simon la very dark. And what happens when you sin? You become pale. What happens when you sin? You sap yourself of your vitality. See, we often think that the worst part of hate is the onesh, is the punishment. And what we don't realize is actually the worst part of hate is that I'm taking energy and kawach that could have been used to accomplish so much good, and instead I'm misappropriating it and misusing it to accomplish absolutely nothing. I was about to stop over here, the first white line, shkoyach.